Gracious Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. I know for some of us, Lord, this was a long day. Uh, but Father, we just ask that you would just calm our hearts, quiet us, uh, to lean in to this topic of wisdom. Lord, help us to crave it, to desire it, to want it, to chase after it, that we may know you more, Lord. And so we just pray that you would bless this time as we look to Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's this story um, about a, a young guy coming up to Socrates. And if you don't know who Socrates is, he's one of those famous philosophers, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates. And, and he comes to Socrates and he says, Hey, Socrates, um, will you give me knowledge? Will you give me knowledge? And so the story is that Socrates takes him over the hills, down the valleys, all the way down to the sea. And when they get to the sea, he asks this guy again, what, what is it that you want? I want knowledge beyond all understanding. And he takes this guy, Socrates, takes him, and he dunks his head into the sea for 30 seconds. And he lifts him back up, and he asks him, what, is, what, is, what do you want? And he's like, you know, out of breath, I want knowledge beyond all understanding. And he dunks him again for about 45 seconds, longer this time, holding him down. He comes back up, gasping for, what do you want? I want knowledge. Dunks him right back. Holding him down, forcing him. He comes back, what do you want? He says, I want air. And he says, until you care about getting knowledge the same way that you want air right now, you'll never get it. And the story is that, that knowledge is all around us. That it's not hard to get. That to be a wise person in our day and age isn't always a complicated thing. Sometimes it can actually be quite intuitive. Like it's just easy to do. But here's the thing. Until we have a drive for it, until we have a need for it, until we want it, it's like the very air that we breathe and the water that we drink, it'll slip through our fingers. It'll slip through our fingers. And that is what Proverbs chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 are all about. Here, here's, here's the point of, of the whole series about Proverbs. Here it is. You ready? Two words. Get wisdom. Get it. It's yours. It is right here. You know, I, I love, um, we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. So interesting, we'll see this a lot in the book of Proverbs, is that wisdom is personified as a, as a woman. But where is this woman? She is in a crowded, busy area, raising her voice. So you're on I-5, right? You're driving, and there's an overpass, and maybe there's a big political thing happening, and you see some guy with a sign, right? Everyone sees it. You can't, you, you'd have to like try hard not to see it, right? Or imagine you're going into a big Seahawks game or a Mariners game, and the person has a big sign and the bullhorn, right? And everyone's walking right past this person. That is the picture of wisdom. And, and why is that the picture of wisdom? Because it's hard to miss. It's easy to get. It's easy to see. It's easy to hear. And all throughout the Bible, we see wisdom, right? We talk about God's character, that God is wise. So let me say a few things. Um, you know, if there was a different demographic than you guys in this room, I think I would talk about wisdom a little differently. 
But why, why is it so to your advantage that we would talk about wisdom while you're in high school or about to set your sails and go to college? Because you want to know something? One, the book of Proverbs is written to people your age. Right? Look at verse 8. Hear my son, your father's instruction. A father is writing these Proverbs to his sons, to young people. Right? So one, it's your advantage because it's written to people your age. But two, you have so much of your life ahead of you to make wise decisions. Right? You guys, listen. There is a lot of stuff to figure out in life sometimes. Life, can I be honest with you, isn't always a very straight, narrow uh, kind of uh, life, right? There, there is sharp turns, there is bumps, there's thorns and thistles, there's things to grab you, right? Uh, sometimes we don't always know how to unwind the issues of who do I make friends with? How do I spend my time? How do I balance studying really hard but also being a, a, a relational social person, right? How do I think about sex? How do I guard my heart, quote-unquote, a very big Christian thing that we throw out there because it's in the book of Proverbs? How do I trust in the Lord all my ways, right? I know uh, some of you, you're, you're right in the middle of this right now, and some of you, you're right about to be in the middle of this, but what do I do with my life? Do I go to this college? Do I go to that college, right? Do I date this person? Do I not date this person? Do I take this job? Do I not take this job, Right? All these decision-making things, right? What is the Lord's will for my life? We're waiting for a piece of paper from heaven to come down and God to say, this is all the things you do in your life, right? That's what we really want. But that's the thing where Proverbs helps us to answer all of those things. It helps us to navigate throughout life's journey in a way that makes sense. Now, here's the thing. Before we jump into... Uh, we're just going over the beginning of Proverbs 1, the first seven verses. But here are a few dangers of the book of Proverbs. A few dangers. One is that we see them as absolute true sayings. We see them as absolute true sayings. Um, there are so many different Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. I can't remember the exact reference that I maybe could have done my due diligence and looked it up on Google, right? Well, it shouldn't, wouldn't have been hard. But there was, um, when I was living in the suburb of Chicago... There was a Christian school near me, and I would go to a few of the graduations because I had a few students who went there. And their key verse, and it was like, edge into the brick of the school, right? Raise up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart later in life, whatever the, the rest of the proverb says. And, and, and here is like, Christians glom onto that. Who's here? Who maybe has heard this before? Raise up a child. Okay, I got a few nods, right? Raise up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart later in life. And, and, and here is where we kind of glom onto that. If I just take my kid to church, if I teach him what I'm supposed to teach him, if I teach him the Bible, if I explain to him what Jesus is, if I, if I raise up a child the way he ought to be raised, that good is good and bad is bad, right? Then later in life, you probably won't depart from it. Right? Now, here's the thing. As into the school, right? Parents, Christian parents love that verse, Right? But it doesn't take a rocket science to know that there are plenty of people who are raised in the way they ought to be raised, yet what? Did not go the way they should go. There are plenty of Proverbs where it says, hey, work hard, you know, store up. And the, person, the, the wise person stores up and he will avoid, you know, all the calamities of life. But you want to know something? Bad things happen to good people still. 
So what am I saying? The book of Proverbs are full of Proverbs that are more than likely to be true statements. They're not here to be this definite, if I just do this, then everything will be right. Right? Because then you'll come knocking on my door and you said, Aaron, you said if I did this, everything would be right. And I did it and everything is wrong. That is a danger we can have looking to Proverbs. It is not some little genie fortune cookie, right? We all love fortune cookies. Right? We go to Panda Express and we're all excited about our orange chicken bowl. And for some reason, a stale cookie with a piece of paper in it makes us excited. And we think the Proverbs are like that. That was the first danger. Second danger is that we void it from the gospel. It is really easy to take the book of Proverbs and make it all about how to live a good life. Matter of fact, most people who I hear talk about Proverbs, they they ask this question. Do you want to have a good life? Do you want to be successful? Do you want things to go well with you? Then, Then do the Proverbs. And... You want to know something? It is really easy to give a message in the book of Proverbs and never mention Jesus, never mention sin, never mention grace, right? And so here's the thing. We want to always be aware of how does everything the Bible teaches us relate back to the gospel of Christ, right? And so every week our aim is to show how the wisdom literature of God really is personified in the person of Christ, right? Jesus, the God-man, was the true, ultimate personification of wisdom. A verse we just read, wisdom cries aloud in the street. Jesus cried aloud in the street that sinners would repent and turn to him. Jesus is the person who wisdom is talking about. And so every week, we don't want to just hear the little tight message about how to have good friends in life. And here's three points about how to have good friends. And you really like it, but you're not really sure how it's anything to do with the gospel. So those are a few dangers. So uh, with all that said, we're excited to go through this book uh, to, to help you guys um, learn to live a wise life. That it may be good for you. And that it may glorify our Heavenly Father. Because can I be honest? It is okay to study the book of Proverbs so that you'll have a good life, so that things may go well with you, so that you may learn to traverse all the different paths of life. But ultimately, we do all that to glorify God. So let's just jump into Proverbs 1. Sorry, long introduction. Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So, first question. Who wrote the book of Proverbs? Thank you, intern. Yes, Solomon, king of Israel, verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the, interesting, to the youth. Hey, Emma. Phone going off over there? That's all right. Maybe you need wisdom. I'm kidding. Uh, all right, verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise 
wisdom and instruction. Back to my first illustration. Socrates, dunking this guy, getting him to be so out of breath that the only thing he can think about is air. Now, when I think about that, um, I think that part of being a human is that we desire things that are for our good. Right? We desire things that are for our good, right? Um, I don't think any of us, maybe some of us, have never been in the point to where our body goes into like survival mode where it just needs whatever to survive, right? Like, like water, you know, to be cooled down, um, food or anything like that, right? I, there's a movie like Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher back in the day about the Coast Guard and, uh, they're like, they get the helicopters and they fly over into the choppy Alaskan waters and you always wonder like, why was anyone out there in the first place? But apparently there were some people in a kayak in the middle of these 40-foot waves, and, they, and they, they get there, and the husband is pretty much putting his wife down, drowning her to try to stay alive, right? And they ended up saving both of them, but the man didn't even realize he was doing it. He was in survival mode. Like, he just naturally, the survival thing clicked on, and he didn't care who the person was, and he's, like, dunking his wife under the water. Um, most of us don't really have ever experienced that, but I still think there's something innate in all of us to want to get things that are for our good. We want to have a good life. We want to have nice things. We want to have good experiences. And more than that, can I, can I be honest, as Americans, we want it to be easy, safe, fun, uh, fun, entertaining, you know, add to that. We want the easiest life possible, right? And when I think about trying to communicate to high schoolers and, and later middle schoolers about the importance of getting wisdom, I want you guys to ask yourself, what are the things other than wisdom and knowing God that you are craving? What is it that you really, really want? Just think for a second. Right? If, uh, if Socrates was asking you those questions over and over again and you weren't saying wisdom, what are you saying? You know, what is it that you want? I want to go to good college, right? And he dunks you, right? What is it that you want? Uh, I want a boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Dunks you. What is it that you want? Right? I want to be rich. I want to be smart. I want to be funny. I want to be liked. I want an easy life. Right, And I, I think for, until we can answer those questions, can we begin to really understand why we need wisdom? Why we need wisdom, okay? Here's, here's my fear with you guys. You guys ready for this? Uh, most of you are at the beach retreat. Not all of you, that's okay. But most of you, I, I know your story. You hear a lot of messages. You hear a lot about the faith. We sing a lot of songs. Right? A lot of you, you know, some of you are in the, you're in the book club with us on Thursdays, by the way. If you haven't come, you can come next Thursday. That would be great. We hear a lot about the Lord constantly, but it still seems to not really be the desire that we really want like air. We want other things. And so this can just, the danger here is just that it's another message over and over and over and over again. But Solomon here says, listen, this is why I'm writing you, that you may know wisdom, that you may know instruction. 
that you may understand words of insight. And then here's my call and my appeal. Take this seriously. Take this seriously. Two points I have for you tonight, right? One, what does it mean to grow in wisdom? What does it mean to grow in wisdom, right? And two, what is wisdom? Here is the first point. What does it mean to grow in wisdom? Apparently, when we are babies, we don't know all the complex questions to the universe. Who would have thought, right? That apparently that you actually have to learn things. My kids, uh, we've been like singing like these little kid songs with them, and they're like really theological kid songs, and it sounds like Disney songs. And um, but there's one song that really gave me a good chuckle. You ready for this? It's talking about Jesus, the God Man, trying to explain like the Trinity and who Jesus is and all this stuff. And it says, Jesus, the one who knows the entire universe, had to learn how to write his name. Isn't that just interesting to think about for a second? Jesus, God, the person who knows everything about the universe, had to learn how to write his name. I'm, I'm sorry, I just find that really, really fascinating. The God of the universe who knows everything had to learn how to write, or whatever, in Greek, you know, or Aramaic, whatever language he was speaking with Mary at the time or something. Um, and that's the thing. Even Jesus had to grow in his knowledge and understanding. That part of being a teenager is that you don't know everything, even though you probably think you do. And so I was talking to my boy Alex Olden here, and he kept, um, you know, I was like half listening to him, you know, <laughs> half listening to him. And he, and he kept connecting the two humility and getting wisdom. Humility and getting wisdom. Humility and getting wisdom. And I, like I said, I was half listening, right? And he was trying to find some verse and. I didn't really care to think and help him or anything like that. But here's the thing. I think he's on to something. Because you want to know something? There, I'm, I'm a 29-year-old man. I'm still young in a lot of people's eyes, unfortunately, right? I have four kids, and they still think I'm young, right? But you want to know something? I still call my parents about stuff. I still ask a lot of people, like, what do you do about this? Well, when this happens, what are you supposed to do? How do you respond to this? And, and you know what the book of Proverbs is trying to get us to get at? you got to realize that you have things to learn. That you need to grow. That just as you learn in elementary school to write your name, to put letters together and read words, to know addition and subtraction, and then, what is it, multiplication and then division. Right? When, you, when you're doing all these building blocks, the same thing comes when it comes to wisdom. That is, it's not just like, here's the magic pill. You're good to go. All throughout life, you're going to have another encounter, another opportunity, another decision to make of whether or not you will apply wisdom, of whether or not you will learn to grow in your understanding. That can you be humble enough to realize that I need somebody to tell me what it means to be wise, what it means to have instruction. Here's my point of application. Ready for this? Ready. This is really, really important. It's a question. Are you teachable? Are you teachable? Are you willing to let someone come and speak wisdom into your life? Uh, hey, I noticed you're doing this, and you shouldn't do that anymore. I know you think that's a good idea, but it's actually a bad idea. Are you? Can I, can I, can I press a little further to you guys? Are you guys willing to actually listen to what your parents have to say to you? 
Are you willing even to admit that your parents may know more than you? How about this? Got youth leaders here. Got me as your youth pastor. We care for you. We love you. I'm the only one getting paid in this room. Mm, Counting Nicole and Alice, but it's a little different. (laughs) Getting paid very little anyways. You got other leaders here that aren't getting paid. They love you. They care for you. Are you willing to learn from them? Are you willing to say, like, hey, here it is. Open up. I'm opening up. Tell me. What do you see? What what should I know? Right? Like, uh, you know... uh, I'm not going to say anything back. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to try to just argue my way out of it. Just tell me, what do you see? Are you teachable? I remember my, when I was a sophomore in high school, my youth pastor was leaving to go plant a church. And I remember one of the last conversations I had with him was about this one thing. He said, Aaron, are you teachable? All right, can people offer you instruction? Do me a favor. Turn to Proverbs chapter 9 for a second. Um, this is one of my... Favorite verses, right? Proverbs chapter chapter 9, verse 7. <clears throat> verse 7. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will what? He will love you. What does it mean to grow in wisdom? It means that you're willing to be teachable. Sometimes, listen, sometimes sometimes me and your leaders and your parents, we have to say things to you that doesn't feel good. That it actually may feel to you like we hate you or that we're mad at you. But you know what? The wise man... Who, who invites instruction? Do you know what? He, do you know what he he says in response to that? Thank you. I love you. You know Charles Wesley. You know the guy who wrote "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." Um, he's an old pastor, old pastor, and he's in he's in London, England. And there's this pastors conference full of like eighty pastors or so. And uh, what happened? At, something happened at breakfast. The story goes, and one of the younger pastors, maybe the twenty nine year old pastor, told one of the 59-year-old pastors, hey, knock that off. And you know what the older pastor did? How dare you talk to me, you young buck. I'm old. You don't, you don't treat your elders like that. And Charles Wesley stands up on a table, 80-year-old dude, and says, I will thank every single one of you who calls me out and tells me of a sin. As a matter of fact, I would consider you to be my best friend. That is growing in wisdom. You're teachable. Guys, listen. One of maybe the most important lessons you can learn in high school is to be teachable. Sometimes it's hard. I still don't like getting instruction. I don't like people saying, hey, Aaron, I see some things in you and you need to stop. It's tough. It's tough. I get it. But man, this is the first thing of what it means to be wise. Be teachable. Listen to your leaders. Listen to your parents. Listen to your teachers. Hard to believe, but they know more. They do know more. Second point. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The second point is this. What is wisdom? 
Well, wisdom, you can just generally say, is the way of learning how life works, right? It's just kind of being able to figure out, like, so if you're kind of trying to uh, crack the code of, of some message, you're trying to figure out the strategy of some game, if you're trying to understand the plot of some movie, if you're trying to figure out life, uh, that's what wisdom is. It's just trying to figure out how to navigate life well. But here's the thing. We can't just do this apart from the Lord. Some of us just like, okay, I'm going to do the things that makes the most sense. I'm going to play the percentages. I'm going to be really smart to what other people have done. I'm going to learn from the mistakes. And I don't need God at all. But look what the whole book of Proverbs is setting us up to. As a matter of fact, we'll come back to this a few times. This one little phrase. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, I was sharing this with the middle schoolers the other day. I grew up in church my entire life, right? And I always heard, Jesus loves you. God is for you. He has a plan for your life. Jesus, he died on the cross for your sins. Jesus, man, he cares for you. He sings over you. Fear God. What? Wait, 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 wait. All right, Jesus loves you. God, Jesus, Bible, fear God. I'm having a really hard time with this one, right? Like this, like I fear my next door neighbor who talks about like, you know, beating me up and stuff like that and eating me for dinner, which he actually said that once then. It was pretty scary. Um, I was like, I don't know, raise my hand, the sense teacher, I'm like, hey, you, know, you said something a minute ago and I, and he's probably your, your words mixed up. You said that we need to fear the Lord. He's like, yeah. And he begins to try to explain a little bit and I'm like, nah, something, you're a substitute teacher. I don't, there's something wrong. Get in the car on the way home. I'm like, mom, this crazy dude is like telling me that I have to be afraid of God, to fear God. And my mom's like, yeah, you know, God made us. We should fear the one who makes us. I'm like, you're not helping right now. Like, <laughs> like what does it mean? I, for the longest time, I really struggle when people said, fear God. Fear God, right? Um, being fear is a natural thing that happens to us when we're, you know, afraid of our circumstances or afraid of a person, right? But it's not that type of fear. Right? It's the type of healthy fear that when we go to the ocean and we see 10-foot waves, that we don't just walk out and think that we can do whatever we want with them. Right? It's the type of healthy fear that if you're climbing Mount Rainier and there's a huge crevasse, that you don't just kind of, I can jump over it. Right? It's the type of healthy fear that when you see a bear, you know, it's like, oh, let me pet you. Right? It's a, it's a respect it's a reverence. It's, it's an awe. It's, it's an understanding that, that without the Lord who made everything, that all wisdom is God's wisdom, that everything that is right is because he is deemed to be right. Everything that is wrong is because he is deemed to be wrong and against his character. That to understand anything about being a wise person is to know God. It's to fear him. It's that we want to live wise lives because we want to worship God because we don't just want to have a great life with no problems and all the money and a big house and vacations and self-glorification. But it's to know that I have been made by God. And so what is wisdom? Wisdom is beginning to actually know God actually live in response to him. I mentioned one of the dangers earlier. What's the danger? That we take these little wisdom nuggets apart from the gospel. How, how does fearing the Lord relate to everything we talk about in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ? How, how, does, how does fearing God in the beginning of knowledge 
relates to our salvation. Well, here's the thing. Before we could ever believe that Jesus was the God-man, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again three days later, we have to believe there's a God. We have to believe that we owed him a debt with our sin. We have to believe that he is a God who is holy and wrathful towards sins, that before Christ we were object of his wrath, right? We have to believe that God is a God worth following, And so when we come to this idea of the fear of the Lord as the beginning of knowledge is to understand that before I'm ever a Christian, before I'm ever someone who begins to live a life of wisdom, there's an acknowledgement that God is truly my creator, that he truly created earth to run a certain way, but the fall of sin, the fall of man, has ruined that and distorted it. This is wisdom. So guys, you takeaways for tonight this summer i don't know some of you have part-time jobs some of you have part-time jobs playing video games and by that i mean you play video games <laughs> some of you you have a really busy agenda right and you're navigating a lot of things already you know friends relationships work uh you know future career plans right you need wisdom right some of you have a lot of time on your hands right? And you're tempted to waste it. You're tempted to sleep in every day and just play video games. You need wisdom, right? Some of you here, you're about to make some really big decisions. Some of you here are are just slowly beginning to navigate all the things about high school. doesn't matter which category you're in. Listen, you need wisdom. So open your heart to instruction. Be teachable. Seek out leaders who will speak into your life, right? Be people who are of the word, I wasn't just talking about coincidence earlier. Can I say something? Actually read a proverb a day. Notice the difference it has for you, right? Uh, take notes, observations. What does the fool do? What does the wise person do, right? right? Compare and contrast the two. Take observations from this little book. And three, fear God. Yes, Jesus does love you. Yes, God is for you. But fear him like you would anything else in life. That you walk up to an ocean or, or a mountain or, or a bear. Fear God. Um, as the great words of C.S. Lewis, right? Uh, he's not a tame lion, but he is good. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we pray that you would make us wise, that you would help us to live lives that bring you glory, that we live for your name. And Jesus, we just ask that you would help us to, to see how you are truly wisdom personified. Uh, that although the world looks at the cross as a shameful thing, it is your glory and it is wisdom displayed. Uh, so help us, Lord, to, uh, to be teachable. Lord, help us to be people who fear you and to pursue wisdom. And Lord, we just pray that as we move to small groups that you would uh, bless our time and that you be glorified in all that we do and say. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.